0: Hello, I'm Billy Buttery, and this is Food is Culture, a podcast. Welcome to my second episode. If you've already listened to the first episode and haven't been able to stop thinking about pepper pot, I wanted to mention you can find the ingredient list as well as links for every episode in the respective show notes. You can access this by clicking on details wherever you listen. Today's guest is a true bread artisan, a master bread baker, a trained pastry chef, avid golfer, recipe consultant, chef instructor, and such a nice guy. Haley from North Germany, Hamburg to be exact. I asked Hornstein Panic, or Chef Thor as I know him, about his first meal in Canada. And not to quote Shakespeare, but would a rose by any other name smell as sweet? Possibly, but his first sandwich probably should have been called a cold cut sandwich, and not a roast beef sandwich, as we will hear in the story, it left him a little worried about the food scene he had left behind at home. And speaking of names, Chef Thor is what you picture. He is a striking man. Blue eyes and blonde hair atop his seven foot frame with a chef hat on. We talk about the unglamorous side of bakeries, organic food markets, the mathematics involved in baking, and some fun treasured childhood pantry staples from Germany. A theme that comes off often when speaking of European countries is the idea of regional recipes and eating habits, a good point to keep in mind when traveling abroad and craving a certain dish. I really enjoyed hearing about his food journey, and I hope you will too. Prost! Chef Thor, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Hi, how are you, Billy?
0: I'm good, I'm good. It's been almost a year since I've seen you.
1: Yes. How have is. you been doing? Uh, pretty good, actually. have uh, been keeping pretty... Um, pretty busy like you know after after the corona hit like uh, my classes stopped kind of uh, I'm teaching I'm teaching bread baking at Humber College and George Brown College so uh, so there was not much going on uh, but then in the summer I actually started filming I started filming uh, lessons for online classes at, um, at George Brown College so mm-hmm. I'm doing like five different different online classes now Uh, there and uh, at Humber College uh, we are actually back in the labs at 50% capacity so that's been good it's been working out pretty pretty great it's pretty strange obviously still yeah Uh, but from that point of view you know I'm doing I'm doing okay you know
0: (laughs) amazing well that's good you look well so it's good Um, so let's jump right in so how would you describe your cultural background
1: well, you know, you might hear this from my accent. I'm <clears throat> I'm born in in Germany, uh, in in North Germany, in Hamburg, and uh, lived there for the first thirty years of my of my life. So I moved to Canada when I was uh, yeah thirty one or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm turning fifty next year, so I've been here pretty much twenty twenty years in Canada now. So uh, it's going like ten more years, and it's going to be half half,
0: half half, <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. But yeah, my, my cultural background is German.
0: Amazing. And what would you say is sort of your first food memory from being a kid?
1: Uh, first, first food memory is probably uh, like being in the with my grandparents uh, and and like eating like the f- like fish. My grandpa will make fish that that we bought like right at the fish market in Hamburg, because Hamburg is kind of close to the coast. And every Sunday was like uh, a kind of a fish market. Uh, really close to the house and we'll, we'll go buy like bags of like herring, basically herring or, uh, you know, these flat fish and then go and back into the tiny apartment and he'll just fry tons of bacon, And, and yeah, it was, uh, so that definitely I can, I can remember that pretty early on.
0: Mm-hmm. That's so fun. Do you have like, what's your first bread memory? Did you used to bake bread when you were a kid?
1: Uh, no funny story. actually, like if you think about it, I guess I, I don't have a specific uh, first first Brad uh, memory, actually. Uh, but I always I always really liked Brad. But uh, when I started, I started an apprenticeship when I was uh, pretty much in my mid-20s mid already. So for German standards, that's pretty late. Usually you would start in a Brad Baker apprenticeship when you're 16. Like. Oh, wow. So old school system is set up differently. You can kind of, after grade 10, you can say, okay, I want to do an apprenticeship and so you're done actually when you're 18 you're an apprentice or whatever Mm -hmm. but but I took a bit of a different path I did my uh high school first so the 13 years and then uh, went to university and then realized I didn't really wasn't my thing and then I did the apprenticeship much later which is uh, kind of kind of unusual I would say
0: yeah Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. and why why Brad uh so how did it happen it was basically I was uh you know, new, new stage of my life. My, my wife is Canadian. so That's how we ended back up in Germany. So we met on mm-hmm. uh kind of, she quit her job and then for six months moved right in with me in Hamburg to my apartment. So she's Canadian, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Basically phoned her parents and like, okay, I'm not coming back. I'm hanging out with this guy. So <laughs> uh, for, say for six months and Amazing. then for, uh, after six months in heaven, we were like, okay, we got to go to Canada. And we've got to post work for a year and then go on a bike trip and cross the whole country, you know. <laughs> very romantic. You know, very romantic yeah. in your mid-20s. Uh, anyway, so came to Toronto and then six months, or oh, no, actually probably just three months later, uh, my wife, uh, we found out she was pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we were just together for six months, really, mm-hmm. at, at that time. And we were like, okay, we have uh, some decisions to make. And yeah, obviously they were like, okay, let's, I felt like I couldn't really stay in Canada and uh, without having anything finished somehow, like school-wise, like, you know, Mm -hmm. it's kind of looking what that is. I don't know. I didn't know Mm -hmm. at that time. Uh, Anyways, we decided to move back to Germany and uh, I figured this one out uh, because I knew it would be free for me to do it, like pretty much an apprenticeship. You actually get paid somehow to do it not really you don't have to spend a lot of money on the college or anything like that mm-hmm. and yeah that, that that worked out pretty good because then we we had a kid and i worked in a organic kind of a mini whole foods if you imagine like a small organic uh store in the mall mm-hmm. and and I really got into the, the food I was Like you know, I realized, Oh my God, this actually tastes so much better than all the organic meat and the organic cheese. I didn't even like cheese before, to be honest, before I started working there, I was like cheese, like, you know, whatever from the packet, but,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, and I started working there. And I was like, Oh my God, these are like next level somehow. And the same with the breads. I have specifically remember that, that all the breads are pretty, pretty good because, you know, the standards are fairly high, I would say, for general, like, bread, you know, any normal bakery has pretty decent bread, and mm-hmm. to would be like, wow, there's something different about those breads. Uh, and that was, like, natural fermentation, and, you know, organic farming, and all this kind of stuff. And that just fit really well into the stage of our life, too, With a new kid, and you're worried about, you, like, you know, feed your kid, and stuff mm-hmm, like that. Exactly. Uh, all things I didn't really think about. So... To be honest then i started okay maybe that's something i could do like an apprenticeship uh, as a baker because that's something i can definitely do in canada like that so that was my thinking uh then and yeah we stayed i finished it after two years i found a place and it was this organic whole grain bakery so very all the grains were like from the farm you know Mm -hmm. the farmer would literally come and drop off like skits and skits of grains and we grind them right before baking in these giant stone mills and stuff like that but when i walked in there i've never made a bread in my life <laughs> before, before i didn't um, know anything about the about the science about any anything about it really. yeah just, it really tastes good like sourdough or great i have no idea what you're talking about you know? yeah but yeah i learned it <laughs> yeah wow yeah, i do appreciate it so it's a very reverse 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 like most people that that i meet on my, my students i would think 100 percent of them do it the other way they're like oh like they start baking a bread one or two and it's like oh, okay it didn't really work and but they had a passion for it they already started to, you know and then they want to learn more for me it was a very different thing i had to then downscale my knowledge
0: mm-hmm. that i
1: that i from we made like three four thousand breads a day like wow with four, with four people basically, so machines. Wow. So, yes, but a lot of hands-on, like all the ma- milling, all the grains, and all the stuff. So uh, that's what I learned first. That was my first day of bread baking, like so, making 300 kilo dough, like, like that. And then I had to, when I started teaching at George Brown, I had to really downscale. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: It is for one loaf or two loaves. So I'm like, okay, you know what? That's interesting too. So I had to wrap my head around it uh, that way. And now, yeah, I think you know, I'm a pretty well-rounded baker by now.
0: Yeah, for for sure. Just so many um, extremes, right?
1: Right, right, right. <laughs> That's
0: amazing. But then you get to see, you know, the scale up and the scale down, and it's mathematics.
1: Right. right. I mean, and then I I think it was, a, it was a good choice. Like, looking back now, 20 years in Canada, so after I, uh, you know, finished my finished my apprenticeship and then my second kid was born um like three years three years later so that was the planned one <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, hope he never listens to the podcast <laughs> now. <laughs> yeah uh, anyways <laughs> so uh yeah sorry what was I going to say um oh yeah and then uh then we yeah, we moved back to, to Canada and uh, I got a job pretty much like right away. As soon as I had my permit, I started in a little German bakery and on Bloor and Roncesville, uh Sandel Bakery. And there was actually a German guy that owned it and he owned another place. So I worked there for a year and then uh that was was great and everything I learned a lot about just Canadian at the end, because I was new to Canada, so it was very good to have somebody uh
0: to bridge it for you
1: you know that that you know and he was mm-hmm. selling German stuff too and that, that was mm-hmm. kind of that uh, was kind of cool uh, but then I got a job at Whole Foods um, uh, in Toronto in, in Yorkville and that one of the first location they had in Canada here and mm-hmm. that, was a, that was a great job I started out in in the bread production a couple of years and then I, I worked there for a total of like 12 years and kind of moved up in the thing and at some point I had to decide if I if I want to keep doing this and do teaching kind of on the side so uh, night teaching at George Brown or if I just jump in right now and just try to get all the classes and just actually try to make only this work like consulting kind of or Mm -hmm. consulting and then yeah teaching at the colleges and yeah it works great now so I'm, uh, I'm happy I'm at two colleges and things are working all well
0: amazing well such an interesting bread journey i love that
1: yeah, it was it was <laughs> so very different than than the traditional like oh i like bread and then people really get into it and then they go to a bakery and then they try to do it uh you know on a bigger scale or they open their own thing or whatever
0: mm-hmm.
1: but for me it was just really necessity too. like to be honest like it was mm-hmm. not and there was a, it's i i'm not really not romanticize the job of a baker because it's uh, it's tough like uh, three o'clock in the morning you're making the dolls you're working to to noon especially if you have a, uh, a baby or two babies uh, then at some point it's quite it's quite exhausting uh in some ways because your, your social life is kind of like uh it goes out of the
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> when
1: you are going to bed uh, that's when people start start going out uh, kind of thing you know because you want your fresh ones in the morning but
0: yeah you
1: no, know, but it's good But there's a lot you can get out of that, too, though. I find Mm -hmm. like just like that kind of achievement by the end of the day, you know, like, okay, I literally just ground up like 2,000 kilo of grains. And by the end of the day, we managed to turn this into 10 different types of brats and they're going all to the stores now. And, you know, and now I can go have a nap. And (laughs) I have to check my email, like, I'm going to go tomorrow. And that's what I do. Yeah. And I can get really into the the differences of that profession, like how you can do in any, you know,
0: Mm -hmm. profession,
1: like get really into your very, very specific (laughs) subject or craft. Yeah, exactly.
0: Well, I guess that sort of answers my next question, which is, do you see yourself one day opening up your own bakery?
1: Um, No, not uh, to be honest. I mean, I don't want to say not anymore. I'm 49. So it's definitely not. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah,
1: it's like, that's it um but to be honest like I was close once to to do it mm-hmm. um and then to be honest I just what I actually what I just said you know you, just yeah. said, you answered it because mm-hmm. why would I do this why would I go back to uh, getting up at three and like working so hard that uh, you know like it's it's hard like also people romanticize that that part of that job when they open a bakery like hell yes and on top of this you're gonna have all this other stuff like your suppliers and your vendors and the taxes and Mm the landlord and all all this no i I actually i think i'm but you never know like i would i would say this too though because i've done a lot of consulting now so throughout the years too and there was definitely sometimes opportunities where you're like or people approach you and be like okay worry about that Mm -hmm. Um, actually but then I don't know. I think if I would do it, I would probably do it myself too. Though, like that's, anyways. Mm-hmm. You yeah, but... you never
0: know. Life is long. <laughs>
1: Unlikely at this point. <laughs>
0: um. So you mentioned your your grandfather frying up yes. fish on the weekends. So was he sort of the cook growing up, or?
1: Was... Um. So I didn't live with my. So my that was just when I visited my grandparents. Yeah, mm-hmm. to cook uh, definitely my my mother, but to be to be honest, like. <laughs> Not, I, I hate to say it, but uh, <laughs> not, not a great cook. Like a lot of very, I don't know, it was the 70s, very convenient, uh, very convenient foods, like canned peas, canned this, like uh, all, a lot of canned, not really great. Like, you know, the German, mm-hmm. the German, kit, like cooking is, is quite, quite simple. I often, I would say, like, or very, like, Straightforward meat potatoes, kind of, and a side dish, but there you don't. There's no salad inside, or there's none, none of that. Kind mm-hmm. of the can type uh, situation. That's actually pretty much how I how I grew up, unless I went to my grandparents, and and he was he was the cook there, pretty much, and he was uh, pretty great. I remember, but you know, from a health perspective, probably not also recommend what he was cooking up. With if you like all your fish and... But yeah, that's that's kind of my memory.
0: that. <laughs> Would you say there's sort of foods that are traditional German after now being in Canada, you know, if there's something that you're craving that's like a, such a oh, traditional yeah, absolutely. German?
1: Absolutely. And I, I find that actually scary at some point. Something about myself, like how I do tend to really only... Not only, but if I just shop my, for myself, it's mostly in Polish or in German stores or in Italian stores, generally European European, or like maybe Russian stores, something like that. Yeah, I've just went actually, I just came back from buying cold cuts, uh, buying cold cuts at the Italian place around the, the corner here. Mm-hmm. And that's probably something I do quite quite a bit since I, you know, that we need to have something to eat the breakfast. <laughs> exactly,
0: all that delicious <laughs> right. bread. <laughs>
1: right, right.
0: It's Amazing. Um, what was your favorite dish from your childhood? Would it be, you know, the fish on Sunday?
1: I, I have to, yeah, like it's a, yeah. still one, one answer. I mean, there was good, like my mom, my mom would make a pretty great, uh, like a pig, a pork roast. Mm. Uh, you know, it's called the Schweinebraten It's kind of like, a, you know, like in a mash, kind of like a very uniform, like a roll, a basket, nice, kind of like a porchetta, an Italian porchetta. Okay. you compare it to that. And you still cook it, and uh, that's pretty. That's pretty good. So I I do have some memory, good memories too, from, from my mom's cooking too. So I'm also like I quite like my meat, uh, mm-hmm. definitely. <laughs>
0: okay, so if it's like your birthday or if it was you know a celebratory time, would there be like a special dish that your mom or your grandfather would make
1: that was um, like okay, this is
0: reserved for our you know special? Yeah,
1: day? I, actually, a uh, funny thing that for years, just talking about my grandparents about a favorite dish actually my favorite dish I would say it was um it was just mashed potatoes like a little pile of mashed potatoes and then fried egg on top Mm. and I just uh and then I just mix it into the mashed potatoes like coarsely and then eat it like this and they they pretty much made it for me every time because I just I don't know like something no one used when I talk about actually done this now i need 25 years <laughs> <weeks. laughs> anymore you know but uh-huh. like it was definitely like a childhood childhood uh, memory I, i'm sure i'll stop that at some point maybe but uh, it sounds
0: pretty, delicious you should,
1: you should try it actually. i will like I with know. the acco like, kind of like just a little bit into the mashed potatoes so yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah. i would love that with some cheese even i think
1: mm-hmm. that would sound mm-hmm.
0: delicious <laughs>
1: yeah
0: um i guess you would celebrate you celebrate christmas
1: Yes, I do. Yes. Like I mean I'm not uh you know, I grew up kind of celebrating Christmas without mm-hmm. really thinking about Christianity. Like yeah. more like as a as a tradition or or whatever. You know. Both my kids just moved out pretty much like so it's the first time or something. Like, so we don't need a tree this year, right? And yes. my wife has said, yeah, no, we need a tree. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Um <laughs> yeah so for sure like i we do celebrate it and i do bake actually enjoy enjoy baking uh sweet stuff like I'm a bread guy but I'm also a trained pastry chef and uh so that's that's usually when I when I do stuff like that like German Christmas Stollen. and this is like a a fruit cake basically with some marzipan pan lot the- mm. every year it's like a, I know quite a few other bakers we have like actually a competition going and uh, my friend owns his chocolate store, and sometimes we'll have, like, a bake-off or something, you know? and That's he has so like fun. A, Has like, a little Christmas party in the store on the last day before Christmas. Mm-hmm. Then we have, like, five bakers or something, and we all make one, and it's, like, we have to do ballots and stuff.
0: That's <laughs> so fun. I love that.
1: Yeah. I think well, it was rigged. I came second last time. I think <laughs> the whole thing was rigged a little bit, but... Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I do love hot cross buns. I made right, those yeah. last year, and I think sure. I learned from you maybe two or three years ago. Um, yes. I was actually craving them the other day, and I was like, "Oh, I need to, I need to." Make yeah, those, those are good. Things. A
1: good hot cross bun. I agree. It's a good. Uh, it's a good. It's a good thing.
0: <laughs> but I guess that's more of like sort of an Easter. That's spring. an Easter. Yeah. That's
1: a traditional kind of an Easter. Uh, Easter bread, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But That's right. I actually, though, talking about if you are, and like especially at Whole Foods when I was working there. It was very seasonal, you know, all new seasons for me too. So we we actually baked all kinds of special breads for for Jew- Jewish holidays and uh, stuff like that. So I I learned a lot about different different bread cultures
0: mm-hmm.
1: for sure that I was not exposed to. I was like I would say yes, Germany has a very large bread culture, but also very la- very like loaves. Those are the loaves. Okay, three thousand different types of loaves, but actually ninety percent of bread in the world is like eaten as a flat flat bread mm. i remember very uh i remember this very much when i taught my very first class at george brown is called global global breads, and i'm like okay i'm you know i've been baking now at this point 15 years i know my stuff look in the manual and half of this stuff i've never even heard the name or i had no idea what it was and so i start freaking out and Watching all these YouTube videos of people doing and like you know Wikipedia and what is this? Yeah, and, uh, and I love like it was the most stressful thing in my life to be honest because I really wanted that job and I wanted to work and and stuff, and it turned out uh, great, you know, because actually though, living in Toronto, like you're gonna know so you know so many people from different cultures mm-hmm. Then like I had actually a wide variety of people I could ask and be like, hey, like. How do you make? How do you make this? Or like uh, you know, there was a lot of Indian type of flatbreads and but all actually is since it's called global bread from mm-hmm. all over the world and uh, that brought made you know like it was really good for me actually and now I I can't uh, get enough of it like uh, you mm-hmm. know every bread is good. Yeah, <laughs> <So> I
0: agree. <laughs> I don't discriminate
1: against any bread.
0: I I completely agree. Um, you. What would you say, what would you say is your favorite bread?
1: My favorite bread, uh, probably. Uh, oh, that's a tough one. Actually, how
0: yeah. about <laughs> top three?
1: Yeah, okay. Let's do the top three. Like, I would say favorite bread is like a round, well baked sourdough baguette. Like, uh, you know, like nice baked to perfection. That would be one of my one of my three favorites. Next one would be a very different bread, like a 100% rye bread, like a pumpernickel, mm. very dense. Made with freshly ground ground grains, maybe and uh, something like that. So very dark, almost like a black bread. It's, they call them like brick breads, basically. They're so mm-hmm. so dense. Uh, but that's for certain types of foods, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. I quite I quite like those. And then just the third one would be just in general again uh, sourdough breads, like just all all variations of sourdough. But when I look, you know, I I think I teach about two hundred. 200 different types of breads right now at George Brown. Just oh. on, and uh, the one that I'm always taking home is the plain sourdough. Just a good old little flake. Mm-hmm. Sourdough, nicely, nicely baked. Or I'm also really in love with buns. Like having just different, like a variety of like, just different buns. I miss that kind of. That is a very big thing in Germany where you can get, like any bakery will sell you like, 10 different 15 different types of buns from every bread they make basically they also make make the buns for you know mm-hmm. i just like having them fresh every day i'm like a bread snob like that <laughs>
0: mm-hmm, for sure actually you just reminded me i feel like one time i went to um maybe it was a polish bakery and they sold like a bag of assorted little yeah, mini yeah. buns and i guess that's the same sort of thing like just to try yeah. them with different meats and sandwiches yeah, and cheeses yeah, exactly, exactly. So fun. Okay. So speaking of Germany, what would you say is a staple carb in Germany?
1: Well, the, the potato for sure, right?
0: Potatoes.
1: It might be a, a stereotype and it is true though, I have to say. Although with, within Germany, I think uh, it's quite quite different. Like the, what type of food It's probably the same in many European countries. You know, where in north of Italy is very different than the south. Mm-hmm. But where I grew up, as I already said, like a lot of fish, um, and you don't really find much fish other than like one or two types, maybe. in in the south, and the south would be definitely more what you really picture of of German food, like the, the, the roasted like pork leg or or something mm-hmm. like that. There's a lot of sauerkraut and potatoes and everything is like kind of a very heavy, heavy duty. Mm-hmm. So I would say the Northern cuisine is a little bit lighter in, in, in general and probably not what you would expect uh, when you visit Germany. That's when you should like, if that's what you're looking for, mm-hmm. you should, I think the South Germans uh, do a much better job actually. And with, with that, like I really, I'm, I love that type of food too. I actually mm-hmm. kind of, Always look forward if we are going to the South to eat that type of food because I grew up with the fish stuff. Yeah, we'll go, a little bit of lighter <laughs> fare. You know, yeah, but I think that's fair enough to say.
0: Mm-hmm, so fun. So then, would you say there's like a typical um, stew that's like very German?
1: Oh, yes. Uh, there's definitely two uh, right at the top of my head. Uh, one will be a pea soup. You know, like green, green peas. You cook them until they're they're fairly thick, and you throw in the potatoes and and wieners, like mm-hmm. whole, like a whole sausage basically. It's like, that's a typical German lunch, like a big bowl of uh, pea soup <laughs> with, with some chopped potatoes in there, and then a, a wiener. You can chop it up before, or you cut it in the soup, but usually yeah. you chop it up already. And the other one would be similar to that. Would be a potato potato soup. They're like cr- little cream based, like kind of you, you prepare them, I guess, a little bit, depends. It's uh, mm-hmm. all, again, from very the south, From the no- north to the south, probably many, many different variations of that, but they're all kind of very hearty, like starchy kind of a uh, like soup. So when they're not the liquid kind, you know, like yeah. more like a cream soup. Yeah. Well,
0: and hearty um, and filling, I guess.
1: Yeah, oh, absolutely. And uh, again, Funny enough, you say that, uh, actually, when I went to Starsky the other day, Starsky is a Polish grocery store, and uh, they have two stores in, in Toronto, and in Mississauga, I think, somewhere on, on Dundas. And they have a lot of German stuff, too. And I saw these, I saw these two cans, exactly that. The <laughs> two, and, uh, and the potato soup, that specific German brand, these gigantic cans. And I just couldn't help myself. And I actually bought them, and I enjoyed them so much. It was ridiculous for considering it's a canned, you know, it's a canned soup. It's not like you could make it a thousand times better yourself. But
0: mm-hmm.
1: just again, a nice childhood memory, kind of, and, and of it's course, very okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's something to be said about the nostalgia of. Um, right, right. I mean, for me, it would be like Chef Barardi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: no, for sure. Like craft dinner, we don't have that. I've never heard of it before. You know, we have something called Miracoli. It's like uh, you know, it's just a bag of noodles, basically long spaghetti. Mm-hmm. And then it comes with a little pouch of tomato paste. And you squeeze into the water. Then with a the little bag of herb blend, Yeah. That you put in it, and you dissolve the whole thing in water. And that's your tomato sauce. Right.
0: Okay. And it
1: comes, it comes with the tiny pack of Parmesan.
0: Oh, that's amazing. Uh,
1: to put on, mother, <laughs> you know, and it's kind of thick. Well, no, you can't really compare it to craft internet anyway, uh, and you it's have a like idea. a fresh kind of a. It's it's pretty great. And any German will like if you say, oh, you know, you have a box of miracoli. You, you have, of course, like it's like your are crafting your ear. You know,
0: mm-hmm. always have it kind of kicking around.
1: <laughs> yeah, I remember my wife was the first time. What are you talking about, miracoli? And she's like, oh, okay, that's not you know in a pinch. Yeah. But Obviously not going to be uh, the best tomato sauce you've ever had. but.
0: <laughs> well, I know when I come home with both kids and they're starving, I know I can have Kraft dinner on the table in, you know, right. about right. 20 minutes. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Do you remember your first Canadian meal?
1: My first Canadian meal? Um, oh, that's a, that's a good question. Yes, I, I mean, the very first time I came to Canada it was kind of weird because my wife actually had to fly a day later Oh. So these her parents hadn't met me before, right? And my my wife, they haven't seen their daughter in like whatever, almost a year. <laughs> and, and so yeah, I was like, and they picked me up from the airport. Oh wow. Yeah, and I remember uh you know, blah blah blah, how's it going? Whatever. And then one of the first the sandwiches I remember very specific like having lunch the very first time the next morning and and how I, like, how awful the bread was. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like, and then put, like, mayonnaise on it and, and seven mixed sandwiches, you know, like, sandwiches, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. I don't eat sandwiches. I don't, I put my, you know, Germans, like, Slice it, they slice the bread, they smear on the butter, and then you put on whatever you want. But and that, whatever you want is basically cold cuts or cheese mm. <laughs> or jam, maybe if you feel like in the morning. Okay, yeah, fine. but uh, I said you don't take like, pile like lettuce on it, and then you also don't put another piece of bread on top. Yeah, I don't know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so yeah, so I totally remember that as my first Canadian meal. I take. I also remember, also specifically, and, you know, they meant so well. Like, mm-hmm. they bought, like, big, big of, like, sliced roast beef, sliced turkey breast, I think. Uh, you know, the classic, the classic mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, and sliced salami or whatever. And I I was, like, really, I'm such a snob. And I, <laughs> looking, <laughs> looking back, but I remember that the roast beef, was like so terrible for me. It was always, you know, roast beef was always like made from uh, roast beef. Like you mm-hmm. go to the mm-hmm. butcher and it's like, sli- and you can get this here too. It's not like, did you get, uh, you know, actually Bruno's fine food, I have to say, if you're, <laughs>
0: has, has,
1: has great roast beef. Well anyways, but it was like a commercial, a com- like, you know, like a cold cut, like it's just a regular cheap cold cut that, or normal hook cut that I've just never had before like that. And I, if they would have said, where is that like, this is whatever. Different name for it, but when mm-hmm. I did roast beef, it was certainly not what I was expecting.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, and that's yeah, a good anyways. point, right? The way it's presented, if they had said, "Oh, this is right. sandwich oh, meat," you would be like, is, oh, "Okay." This
1: is this, and you'd be like, "Okay, you know what? It's not bad." Yeah. And then, and don't get me wrong, like I, I really grew up with like the crappiest, uh, like we we're eating like this whole like, ooh, I only eat like fresh salami and slice and this and this comes from that time when i was actually having my kid and my first kid and working at that organic food store and then actually after my apprenticeship i worked for about a year or two years almost before we flew back uh to canada i was working at the organic food market so selling our bread so i would i got the good deal actually uh, you know i started Mm -hmm. seven seven to five two kids great i drove around with my truck and sell all the sell all the bread every day, a different market. And and that was actually uh, pretty good. And so I get what happened and I got to obviously know, get to know all the other vendors mm-hmm. selling at these organic food markets in, in Hamburg. And some are very specialized, like, you know, like organ- all organic kind of cold cuts imported from Italy. Like, you know, that was his, his business.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: when you start trying this kind of stuff the first time, you're like, Oh wow! Like, oh wow! I've been yeah. missing out. I've been missing out on something uh, here. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, but that's where that that comes from. So when I grew up, it certainly wasn't it wasn't like that. That you know, like that kind of roast beef that I was just talking about mm-hmm. would be very much to the equivalent actually to what I actually ate too when I when I grew up. But I mm-hmm. just. You know what I'm saying, yeah. Of course, you went from <laughs> right. you know
0: having something when you're growing up, but then you're working right. and having these delicious imported meats from Italy and all over the world, very specialized, right. organic. Right. And then yeah, yeah, you come yeah. to Canada and you yeah, have yeah. a melee sandwich of
1: yeah, and then, <laughs> roast you know, it, was, <laughs> it was pretty much on the first day, like after that, uh, or soon we settled down, went on the mission, and I found these places where I can get all the stuff, like I can name you, like top of my 10 places uh, mm-hmm. that I would go to to find all, all very specific things I have my my food routes basically throughout yeah. Toronto. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> <therefore>.
0: <laughs> well that's one of the amazing things I think about Toronto is there's so many fantastic neighborhood pockets and really authentic um little grocery stores and cafes that really cater to um to the people that are from those places but also to teach people you know that grew up in toronto about different cultures um do you cook at home or does your wife for the kids
1: um i would say my wife does uh, most of the most of the cooking
0: mm-hmm. so uh, when your kids now that they're moved out so if they're going to come home what would be okay we're gonna make them you know their favorite childhood dish
1: oh yeah uh, there's a there's a few ones and i i do do some of the cooking too. Like I have some things that my my kids really love. I think it's like chicken wings. Mm-hmm. I do pretty good chicken wings roasted in the roasted in the oven and get them super crisp. And you kind of toss them in the barbecue sauce and with some with some homemade fries. Maybe uh, that's a that's a classic. And then uh, ribs, ribs. I would say ribs and shrimp are very popular. With my son's steak is uh, always a safe bet for me too. <laughs> I quite. I, I, mm-hmm. I I quite like the steak and I think my wife's cooking is a bit more like on the lighter the lighter side Mm -hmm. Uh, but yeah most most of the most of the cooking I would say uh, is probably is probably done by her we have our food fights sometimes if we ever ever fight about anything it's usually uh, (laughs) about (laughs) about food and I'm I have to admit I do put a lot of uh, I had to learn sometimes to to not put like so much fat in it and stuff like it's not the German cooking is really not known for his for his health like you know like everything gets fried a lot or you cook everything out of it so we are, it's a constant compromise between the two of us.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> um, would you do you bake at home I'm guessing? Um, to be honest not
1: not that much like uh, once I got back into it uh, bread baking uh, in the, over the summer now mm-hmm. uh, developing some new new courses for the colleges or working on stuff um, so that that was nice but usually just from being in the labs uh, i don't I don't bake much much at home it has changed a little bit and usually when it gets colder a little bit um, mm-hmm. then you can then i bake a, I bake a little bit more like cookies and and stuff like that but in the summer, I, I like to play golf a lot. In the, in the <laughs> summer, so there's not nah, not much time for baking. <laughs>
0: Makes sense. Um, if you were to say so, if you know any aspiring bakers want to start their own little sourdough journey or artisan baked j- bread journey, what would you say is the first tool that they should buy that they probably don't already have in their kitchen?
1: Well, for the uh, yeah, I would say the, a mixer. Like you know, you know, it's going to be very hard to to do anything without a without a mixer, or to even start getting. Getting into it. There's a lot of no need kind of bread too. And those are fine too, to get, you know, to get into the subject and to, you know, if you don't want to invest much money in the beginning to see mm-hmm. it, but uh, eventually, yeah, like you're know, going to need a mixer and those are, you know, usually not that cheap, but it's a good, it's a good investment. I'm sure you have one.
0: Yes. I
1: yes, you do. <laughs> I have one too.
0: I'm ready. I think I'm almost ready for a second one because I find sometimes when I'm when I'm in the mood to bake, especially my son is yes. three and a half now, so he loves helping. So yeah, when I, whenever the kitchen's clean and we're ready to go, I almost want two mixers so I can be making a bread and you know muffins yeah, know. or cake or something. <laughs> I
1: know. I, I I'm the same way. When I like to uh, when I when I do like to bake. I usually uh, make three types of breads in, in one day because I'm, I'm putting a lot of energy into, into uh, kind of heating up the oven, uh, heating up the baking stone and stuff like this. So I like to, that's kind of when the German comes through, I guess, too, a little bit. Or the fact that, that I learned making breads, making three, four thousand breads a day and making them um, mm-hmm. as fast and as efficient as possible and to follow timelines and, and stuff like this. Uh, so I'm kind of the same way at home. I mm-hmm. I hate making one bread; like it drives me crazy.
0: For sure. If someone's listening and they're like, "Okay, you you sold me. I want to make my first bread at home." What right. what would you say is the first sort of recipe that the a beginner a novice could attempt?
1: Okay. Yeah. I would say like how I would approach it like the the, the no need method. If you never make bread before, right? Let's say you're really like completely new to baking, to bread baking, or like any baking, and you don't have a mixer, you don't have any tools really. Uh, The only thing you really need uh, to get started would be um, some kind of some kind of Dutch oven, it's like a heavy duty Dutch oven with the lid, Mm -hmm. and you can make some breads uh, that. They're called no need breads. So basically, the gluten structure on breads kind of – usually you, you need them in the mixer to, to create that gluten net. Two proteins come together and, and create that, that elastic kind of a dough. But these gluten strands will kind of develop over time on their, on their own too if you, if you give them the time. So if I just put water now and mix it together with flour and salt and a little bit of yeast – And I just mix it together until the, that is hydrated. And then I just put it away and forget about it. And then 24 hours later, basically, it turned into a very, turns into a very kind of a a stringy uh, uh, dough almost, but not quite. So you have to kind of just fold it over once or twice and you get the bread. You put it back in uh, in that pot. There's a few different ways of doing it. But the thing is, it makes actually excellent bread, like because you bake the you bake the stuff in there first with the lid on. Usually, there's always a question like, "How do we get crusty bread?" I have to create steam in my oven and all kinds of uh, dangerous dangerous things. Uh, so it's a very easy way because you put the lid on basically. Once the dough is developed, you put it in the hot oven, and then uh, the water part of that dough is going to start evaporating. It's going to get Catch on the lid and net, just create the steam within that pot. So after 15 minutes, you just remove the pot, uh, the lid of the pot, and bake it another 15 minutes, and you have a perfect, a perfect uh, bread, like really very nice. I can recommend. That's a great start. And then after that, there's a few good books I can highly recommend. Uh, one Would be uh, Peter Reinhardt's "The Bread Baker's Apprentice." Uh, it was always it was a fitting name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, and that was actually that, that kind of happened about two three years before before I started teaching my first classes at George Brown. I was exactly at this point. I've baked at that point. I haven't even I didn't I didn't have an offer yet for teaching. So, but I was just thinking maybe I should uh, just start making my own sourdough starter. You know what? I've never made my own sourdough starter. It's been fifteen years. I worked in like seven bakeries every time I go somewhere there's already the starter is already there because mm. just maintain it. You like, you feed the starter. I know how how to do it all mm. like dealing with it, but I never actually started it from scratch and try to get the bacteria, bacteria from the air and make it all, make it all work. Like truly from scratch. And yeah, I found this, on this book, the Bread Baker's apprentice and, uh, I read through it and it's a it's fantastic. It's really, and then I made every single recipe from this book uh, many times. So highly recommend getting getting into it. Peter Reinhardt is is a great. He's got a whole bunch of books. I got pretty much all of them. I get to meet him actually eventually at the main main grain alliance uh, festival something like that. Like mm-hmm. a, like a, uh, where basically bakers from all over the states meet and uh you know artisan bakers and he was Mm -hmm. there very like all the bread all the famous bread people from the states and that was really cool um yeah i recommend that and then one more would be if you really 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 get into it like the i have a book now it's called the modernist the modernist bread uh but it's like five volumes and Seven hundred dollar. <laughs> so, so, so for so the
0: next level. So for next level up.
1: it is it is very next it's very next level, uh, but it looks very nice on the on the shelf too. Uh, yeah. So
0: yeah, no,
1: I recommend I recommend that one too. But as I say, you got to be a bit of a bread a bread nerd, and that was actually the one thing I started working on this summer. To be honest, we're saying I started. Then I got into baking bread a little bit again. Mm-hmm over the summer uh and well, the like,
0: rest of okay, the world okay. did so yeah, and i was like oh my
1: god <laughs> you know i've been wanting to do this and this and this and this for so long now and i've never got around to it uh, so yeah i went i went and bought all kinds of flowers uh, and i've been doing a lot of test baking and it's been great yeah you know it's there's so, fun. so many you can never finish with bread baking with new breads. it's crazy so many different ones
0: so I, so we talked about you teaching at Humber and George Brown. Yeah. Do you want to share your social media handle so people can oh, yeah. I, follow I, your I love, bread journey?
1: I love to actually, um, I started a Facebook page, um, about probably about eight, eight years ago already now. Uh, and I just post stuff from, you know, just from my, it's not specific to college or to, to anything. It's just what I'm doing basically. Mm-hmm. But, workshops or I like to repost other bread related links or memes or stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So that one is called artisan, artisan bread baking. So that's on Facebook. So if you're on Facebook, if you type in artisan bread baking should come up, hopefully it's the first one.
0: Perfect.
1: Uh, chef Thor has uh, quite a few followers now. So I'm uh, pretty happy about that. Then I have an Instagram called just chef Thor my user username. Uh, and uh, I've actually started a Facebook group too. Oh, fun! Um, I started I started a Facebook group about four or five years ago, and it has almost ten thousand members now. And that's has, amazing. Uh, and that one is called Advanced Advanced Bread Shaping Techniques. Doesn't actually roll off the tongue like. <laughs> <you>. <laughs> so yeah, if you're, if you're really like that's one of my things. I'm you know, because at some point you start teaching bread and you're like, okay, so that's great. I can I can show people now every week the same loaf and make mm-hmm. just, loaf, you know, like a, your regular loaf looks in the bakery mm-hmm. or just really go a bit crazy and pull out all these old French, like, shaping techniques or not necessarily French, but, like, yeah. so different different ways how you can uh, make it more interesting yeah, stuff like that so that's kind of a that's a Facebook group so that's open pretty much to I oh don't know actually you have, to, you have to ask if you can get in but I let <laughs> everyone in <laughs> so uh, you know unless unless you want to post weird stuff that has nothing to do with spread or whatever but it's more like a community everyone can get in my yeah. page is just shameless self-promotion uh, <laughs> to keep <laughs> <laughs> uh, to keep uh, just, you know, things interesting.
0: But. Yeah. Well, I think one of my favorite <laughs> ones that you taught us was uh, the wreath, the sort of pull-apart bread wreath.
1: Oh, right, right. Yes. Yeah, i said excited to that
0: one at Christmas.
1: A, yeah. So if you if you want to actually, if you're into that type of thing, it just actually comes handy now as a tool uh, for my teaching. So I'm teaching right now five online classes for George Brown College. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I filmed the lesson in the summer for each week you know, taking videos of the of the mixer and stuff, and then in each class we get together weekly, and I, I hold a little lecture about the uh, the breads, and people can ask me questions, or they sometimes they bake live while we have the stuff, and it's like we're not really baking together. You can do it on your own own time, kind of, but it kind of became an actual tool now, a teaching tool. My face, my own Facebook page, as my because I looked and I posted over the 80s 3,500 3, <laughs> pictures of bread like, that's amazing that's, that's a, well not a, yeah you know but mostly bread I would say 99% yeah. of them are of bread or croissants or something like that mm-hmm. so every time now when I'm like when I'm talking about stuff with my with my students and I have also in my zoom call then I have, have my facebook page open I'm like, oh, you know what? Oh, yeah, I remember. I remember doing something like this three years ago. And I did, just scroll down, like, uh, and I, yeah, it's, it's great.
0: That's fantastic.
1: Yeah, it's been working out great. You know, I don't get anything out of it, per se. Like, I don't make mm-hmm. money out of a Facebook page or, or whatever. But it turned out to be exactly what I thought it should be, like. Uh, mm-hmm. A community. Yeah, a community
0: fantastic i love that um so i want to wrap it up thank you so much but i want to ask you mm-hmm. just some fun questions before we All go right, let's do it <laughs> let's do it okay rapid fire questions okay um water or land land uh
1: what
0: did you, you water water or land uh no water water sand or grass uh, grass apple or orange orange pineapple or coconut pineapple Coke or Pepsi?
1: Coke.
0: <laughs> Sun or Moon? Sun. And if you had to describe your personality as a food or a bread, what would you? how would you describe yourself?
1: I would um, consider myself as, uh, as cold cuts. <laughs> 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 I was thinking about that. Yes.
0: Cool cuts. I love that.
1: I'm cold cuts. Fantastic.
0: Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Chef Thor. I had such a pleasure today. It was was so so much fun. Yeah, so much fun. Well, And hopefully we can have you.
1: I can't wait for all the other uh, people in your podcast, too. That's going to be very fun to listen to.
0: Thank you so much, Chef Thor. Have a great
1: day. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.